Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Alrighty, we are back with our number two, and we have on the phone with us one the spearheader of the Twin Ports Hungry Bowl, George from Zenith Auto Glass. George, how's the Hungry Bowl program going on? Is your car uh, shocks wore out yet, hauling all the food? Well, between between that and the potholes, um, yeah, I'm probably <laughs> going to need some suspension work. Uh, so. <sighs> We uh, we're not done collecting food, and we are at a half of a ton of food. Holy and, cow! Yeah, and a, and, a, and a pretty significant donation came in this morning. Is that uh, right? Very significant. I can't say who it's from, uh, but it is on behalf of an insurance agency. And wonderful. Uh, yeah, so so with what we expect to collect tomorrow at the event, which starts at noon with the three-person bowling tournament, and 3 p.m. would be recreational bowling, uh, we we uh, we expect to come in ahead of last year. So we're pretty excited about that. You know, that's got to be a real plus uh, in a year like this when the economy is the way it's been and inflation is run, costs of everything seems to be going up. People are still willing to help out organizations like uh, like Hungry Bowl, and it, it's great because there's a lot of people that need that need that uh, little support right now to make it through the next month. Yeah, they sure do. And of course, on our website at the bottom of the first page, you'll see a a banner that says Hunger Bowl Twin Ports. You can still make donations. Uh, we uh, we we've just had a lot of support. We've had more financial support than food support this year. Uh, oh, and, and yeah, and, and financial, you know, you, your donation is worth seven times. So every $10 is worth $70 to Second Harvest Northern Lakes Food Bank. That's outstanding. And you can you can make it even with a credit card. If you've got a like a bank card, you want to make one, can you go on that on your site and make it right off your card? That's right. Yep, there's a link there. Donate here, and uh, if you want to uh, earmark that for for one of the agencies, because they're competing for the Hunger Bowl Twin Ports Grand Champion Trophy. It's a beautiful crystal trophy that they'll get to display, and uh, it's a friendly competition among these local insurance agents who, you know, they're so invested in our community. And and in this day of click to pick your own coverage, you know, you really got to consider local agents. You, You just get better advice. Uh, I see it every day. People walk in here with uh, something they bought online, and they don't have the coverage. Nope. Nope. Yeah, you do. I bet you, you do see that a lot. Well, and th- and this is really, uh, like like uh, George says, it's a friendly competition. They they kind of chide each other. They, they're checking with each other to see, how you doing? How you, you know, we had a big donation today. I don't know about you guys, but... But and and I think you had mentioned it before, George. That it is. It's uh, you. You just mentioned it again. It's like for every dollar, it's like seven dollars to buy to buy groceries or buy whatever the people need. So if you don't, if you haven't made a donation yet, and you'd still like to get involved in helping the the food shelves out with the Hungry Bowl program. Uh, just go to their website. Go to. Uh, uh, go to Zenith Auto Glass today, and they will make sure that they take care of you, and uh, and you can make your donation right there on their page. So, yep, 
tomorrow's a big day. So uh, next week all I'll right. be able to tell you how it all went. Well, in the meantime, this is Zenith Auto Glass, and I'll tell you what, if you have a windshield uh, broken or if you need some glass work done on any kind of a vehicle that you've got, even commercial, you know, front-end loaders, back hose, all of that kind of stuff, you know what, give them a call today at their number, uh, 218-275-5555. That's 218-275-5555. And they will uh, either set you up an appointment right there in their beautiful facility or they'll get their free mobile service to you and take care of you right. They've got over 100 years of service with their technicians and the people that are doing the work. Your work is going to get done right. And why not have it done by a local agency, just like he was talking about with the insurance agency. Why not have a local people, all local people living right here in our community that will make sure they do your work right at Zenith Auto Glass. Thank you, George. 3802 Trinity Road is where they're located. You'll love the facility and you'll love the specialty work from Zenith Auto Glass. Kenny, um, so I want to get started on this here. Um, the, um, this editorial that was out there today was really good. And I don't know what's going on here. My dog is barking. I don't know if she's got somebody at the door. Yeah, that's okay. mine. Did you hear it? I did. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was the uh, the Zenith Auto Class dog or your dog. No, no. I it's thought, am I hearing a dog? Yeah, okay. And I, I don't know. Uh, if I may have to well, let me take maybe, our first break here. Is yeah. it the FedEx guy or the UPS guy that he likes or she likes to... Uh, the jump on the truck with Yeah, yeah the UPS guy. There she likes go. to jump right in the truck with Maybe her. the UPS guy is here. <laughs> Could be. Well, when we take our first break here, I'll go check it out. If I'm a little late coming back, you'll know why. Anyway, Fox News has come under increased scrutiny concerning its coverage of the 2020 election because some of its hosts questioned the integrity of the voting process. And in fact, uh, Fox News founder Robert Murdoch said he wished his network had been a little stronger in denouncing many of the theories floated by Fox News commentators on the day after the election. And this guy that writes this, Chris Talgo, who's a Tribune News Service writer, he says, although I understand Murdoch's concerns, his network did a super job documenting the shady side of one of the most controversial elections in modern history. He said in the fall of 2020, under the guise of the pandemic, several governors of primarily blue states unilaterally decided that in-person voting was too risky. So they altered the voting process and green-lighted the sending out of millions of ballots throughout the mail based on outdated, error-ridden voting rolls. Many of Fox News' most prominent personalities took issue with this, explaining that the mass mailing of ballots could likely lead to voter fraud. They also highlighted how many states, including Nevada, abandoned signature verification. In other words, not only would they mail out ballots to everybody and anybody, but they didn't even bother to verify your signature that you were who you said you were. The other process meant to ensure that voting tallying was as legitimate as possible. 
This was not peddling conspiracy theories or falsehoods. It was simply pointing out that mass mailing and voting on the scale perpetrated in the 2020 election was abnormal and could have resulted in voter fraud. Another uh, so-called conspiracy theory Fox News commentators supposedly disseminated was the questioning of the Dominion voting machine which is why Murdoch was recently deposed in a defamation lawsuit by Dominion, in press is, and they're pressing it. Yet the media personalities constantly question the status quo. That is, that is their modus operandi. If opinion purveyors are now held liable for asking questions, you can just about kiss goodbye any semblance of journalism that still exists. This is a very significant development because if Fox News commentators are now held to this standard, then every journalist who pushed the Russian collusion hoax, which has been debunked over and over, or labeled the Hunter Biden laptop story as fake, should also be held to the same standard. And amen to that. Fox News took a measured approach concerning its 2020 election coverage on election night. The network did not call races in Georgia, Michigan, or Wisconsin, despite President Donald Trump's insistence that he had won those states. Even in the days after election, Fox News' decision desk steadily refused to call many of the states in question for Trump because the voters were still being, or votes were still being tallied. For those who don't remember clearly, countless theories were being floated by media personalities across the board. In other words, questioning the integrity of the election in those days was the norm. It was not unique to Fox News. Well, listen, folks, we're going to take our first break here. I'm going to go check and see if the UPS guy is at the door. Uh, We'll be back shortly with much more here on Sound Off on 610 KDAL. I said, hey, daddy, 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 oh, let's build a snowman in the snow. He said, no. We're shoveling. Now get to work. Shoveling, shoveling, shoveling all night long. KDAL time is 1223, and we will be shoveling here in the Twin Ports and uh, quite a ways uh, around us, actually, a lot of snow is going to fall here, Brad. It all is going yeah, to start tomorrow yeah. here in the Twin Ports, early tomorrow, early Saturday morning. It's going to pick up in intensity around noon, and we could see a foot of snow here in Duluth. And around us, there could be even more. Two Harbor, Silver Bay, Iron River, Wisconsin, Grand Rapids, Hibbing. We're all going to get snow. So, you want a little uh, ray of hope out there, Kenny? Yeah. Well, I am hearing from a number of sources, number of weather uh, sources, that uh, next week we may see a little start of the change. I'm not saying spring, but we may see a couple of days when temperatures get up uh, almost 40. Well, uh, the uh, forecast for downtown Duluth on Wednesday is a chance of rain and snow, partly sunny and 40. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Tuesday, mostly sunny and 33, and that could change. Yeah, I mean, we're in that time of the year now. Uh, uh, The start of spring arrives uh, Monday the 20th. 
It will be the first day of spring, so we're getting near the end. But uh, I've got a little uh, map here that tells me the snowiest month, Brad. Can you guess, on average, since record-keeping began in Duluth, the snowiest month in Duluth I would is, say on average, on average? February. I'd say February. Uh, no? good, good guess. Wrong answer. It's January. Oh, well, that makes sense, I guess. Now, sure. January, on average... 14.4 inches. A close second is December at 14.1. Okay. And then it's followed by March, February. November averages 10 inches. April, 6.3. Even October, 1.6. May averages about 8 tenths of an inch. And the only months where there's been no measurable snow, there have been times where there's been a trace of snow. June, July, August. A trace in June, July, and August. There has there hasn't been on record since record keeping began. There hasn't been any measurable snow in Duluth at the National Weather Service ever in the months of June, July, and August. I know Grandma Good. up in Good. Woodland back in 1955 had snow on the ground, but that doesn't count. <laughs> No, no, no. It's immeasurable. Well, those are the, the those are the main three months uh, of summer, and I, you know, wonderful weather in Minnesota. As far as I'm concerned, June, July, and August makes it all worthwhile. Say, Brad, I got a question for you and your listeners. Yes. Are you proud of? And the reason I ask is, I know some people that aren't. Uh, they're not very fond of their middle name. Hmm. Now, the reason I ask is today is middle name. Pride Day. Pride Day. Are you proud of your middle name, or do you not care for it, or do you wish it would have been something uh, different, or is it just okay? Uh, you know, that's <laughs> tough to say, Kenny, because i got to tell you, I've had some fun with my He's middle stumped. name. My grandmother, oh yeah, my grandmother used to always say to me, hey, when you go to the fair... Uh, you know, stump the guy. Tell when he tells you he's going to guess your name. If you give him the first letter, he'll guess your name. Do it, because he'll never get it. And man, that used to be the case. They would come out. Oh, it's James, John. Oh, this is simple. It's, yeah. Uh, J- Joseph Ad or something. And I'd say, no, it's just J. <laughs> J A Y. Yeah. So your middle name is J. Right. With an now, A. How about a y. you? Are you, uh, are you ex- well, excited? Uh, please? Ple- you, what well, do you yeah, I don't. Middle name? I, I'm a junior, so I have the same middle name as oh, my dad. Oh, okay. And my oh, dad, okay. he actually, a lot of people called him by his middle name. Now, you mentioned your mother. My mother, when she would get upset with me, as a young boy, of course, oh, yeah. would say, oh, yeah. Kenneth Jean, get over here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Gene is the you middle name. You were in trouble yeah. then. <laughs> when the middle name is included in your first name by your mother, yep, you get, yep. yep. There you go. So Gene is yeah. my middle name. Now we've kind of started that tradition, like what you're talking about, Kenny, because I named one of my boys, uh, gave him my middle name, Anthony J. Okay, uh, Andrew J. And now he has given his son that middle name. So we have three J's in our family. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, for the record, my middle name, Gene, is spelled with a G. Okay. Yeah. So today is Be Proud of Your Middle Name Day, or what is it? Or just, uh, middle uh, Name Pride Day. Pride Day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to finish the story up about Fox, because I think these guys are right on, uh, or this guy, Chris Talgo, he's an editorial director at the Heartland Institute. He says, uh, 
He says, look, since 2016, a pattern has emerged wherein the mainstream media has free reign to dabble in what many call fake news. On several occasions, these outlets have been 100% wrong and spread lies that have been totally exposed, yet there has been little to no accountability for those transgressions. But going forward, media outlets must refrain from jumping to conclusions during a messy election. It would be nice if the mainstream media were so quick to cast aspersions on one major news network that does not tie the or toe the liberal line. However, I think it's naive to believe that we should expect this about face anytime soon. In the meantime, with another presidential election looming, it would uh, behoove the mainstream media to remain as objective as possible. And yes, that also includes Fox News. So, in other words, they're saying, look, it's it's no big deal. Fox News uh, uh, held the line. They didn't make calls for a number of days. They waited uh, on, on some of these votes. And you know what? He's absolutely right that... Uh, you know, there's there if they if they're going to jump all over Fox News, then they better be ready uh, to jump on their own media outlets. Uh, every journalist that pitched the Russian collusion as being uh, something that uh, Fox uh, or that Trump was guilty of, then they better be ready to to uh, cast stones there as well. Or the media that said, "Oh, there's nothing to this Hunter Biden laptop. That's a whole made up deal. Trump made that up." No, no, no. It's it's legitimate, and finally they've come forward and said that. Well, listen, um, down in Minneapolis, now a name that we had told you about a, a, maybe a month or so ago here is starting to raise her ugly head. And when I say ugly head, I mean this. We have a, uh, we have a judge down in the Twin Cities area, Hennepin County attorney, Mary Moriarty. Mary Moriarty is one of these, uh, she's been put on this planet by the George Soros conspiracy group, and her idea is to change uh, sentences, especially for black uh, crime makers or people that commit crimes, or young people. And she got herself in trouble again this week down in the Twin Cities because there was this trial of this uh, woman that had been killed last year uh, over in Hennepin County, I believe. Uh, but what happened was there were there was an adult guy, a 23-year-old adult named Zariah McKeever, um, that had hired two minors uh, to, well, he says that the intention was to just rough her up. She had had a relationship with this guy, the the woman that was ended up being killed. She had a relationship with Zaria McKeever, and uh, she broke it off and had a new boyfriend. Well, Zaria didn't like it, so he hired these two young kids, 16 and 17, to go and rough her up. But he gave one of them a stolen handgun. And during the roughing up ceremony, the young man that had the handgun shot this woman and killed her. Well, the, the the whole process as they went to court was that these two young guys were going to be charged in adult court because they killed a woman. They were going to be charged in adult court 
And the family wanted that. The, the family of the woman killed wanted to see these guys get the maximum sentence possible. Well, they they came down to the final day, and it turned out that the Hennepin County District Judge, Tanya Bransford, who the whole family was petitioning uh, her to to really give these guys adult uh, court sentencing, send them away for a long time. She said she couldn't do it because this other judge, this uh, Mary Moriarty, or she's actually a Hennepin County attorney, had plea bargained with these two young thugs and uh, told them that, it, it, you know, if you come out and uh, and put the thumb on the guy that hired you, the guy that uh, this uh, uh, Zary, Zary McKeever, uh, well, Zary McKeever was the woman, by the way. That was the woman that was killed, Zary McKeever. But if you come forward and put your thumb on the guy that uh, that hired you to kill her, to kill her, or supposedly to rough her up at the time. If you put the thumb on her, I'll I'll put you through junior juvenile court and your sentence will be minimal. So they jumped on it. The two of them jumped on it, went along with it, and in court the there's the family showed up, many members of the family, they all talked about how they loved this uh uh, Zaria McKeever, how she was such a wonderful woman. She raised a child by herself. She was raising a young child. And now her stepfather, was uh, he was an uh, elderly guy. He was going to have to raise the child. And he says, every day I have to look into this child's face. And the child cries about, where's my mommy? I want my mommy. Well, they sentenced these two young guys to one and a half to two years in juvenile correctional facility in Red Wing and extended probation until their 21st Kids birthday. Kids went to that's Red all. Wing for shoplifting. Yeah, that's what you Come on. That's where juveniles go for shoplifting. Jeez. And here these two guys killed this woman and they sentenced her. Well, this, and see, Here's what Tanya Bransford, the judge, said. He said, look, I can't change this. I find the law says I need to, so I am. I need to stay with this uh, plea bargain, noting that the state statute compels her to affirm the deal when both the prosecution and defense agree to the terms. I'm a judge, and I have to follow the law. Why? This other one didn't follow the law. Well, supposedly, prosecutors originally moved to certify Carmen and his 15-year-old brother as an adult so they could stand trial for second-degree murder alongside of Eric Haynes, the 22-year-old man suspected of orchestrating the break-in. But last month, Moriarty's office abruptly changed course offering the teens a chance to avoid lengthy adult prison sentences in exchange for testifying against Haynes. Cameron told the, took the deal and jumped on it. On Wednesday, at least 35 supporters packed the inside of the juvenile justice center, and they thought that, Brands, that uh, Bransford could change it and could put these kids in adult uh, prison. Couldn't do it. So there we go. Anyway, this uh, this Moriarty is going to have lots of trouble. Lots of people are going to come down against her, but she's there. 
We'll be right back. We have our good friend Tom from over in Port Wing. Uh, Tom, how are you this fine afternoon? Well, I'm I'm doing fine. Um, I'm just a little curious about the story you started out with about Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to that story as it went along. So I'm wondering, uh, he's they're seating a grand jury. Why? Because of the hush money? Because he supposedly had an affair with Stormy Daniels? Is that what? That's what they're claiming. That's what this uh, Soros uh, attorney general in New York is trying to push, and that he is somehow—I mean, when you read the whole story, uh, Tom, there is so much uh, little speculation and uh, innuendos and things thrown out there that you can read— it's going to be very difficult for them to try this and get a uh, get a judgment against Donald Trump. Yeah, this kind of sounds like, you know, uh, death by a thousand cuts with all these different cases that are going on against him. And especially from the party that, uh, you know, tries to tell us that, you know, what two people do in the, their privacy of their own uh, lives is their own business, right? And now exactly. we're all bent out of shape because of that. And then the hush money must have been, what, so that uh, when he he was married to the first Mrs. Trump that she wouldn't find out, or is this for Melania not to find out? About? You know, I think it's so Melania wouldn't find out, but I, I think more importantly it was, they are saying anyway, that it was so nobody would find out about this affair so that uh, it would not affect his chances to become president. Well, it was all out there. Everybody knew about it. I've known about Stormy, Stormy Daniels for years. Uh, and it didn't really affect the outcome of the election. Yeah, and I, I think maybe this story would have really played awful 50 years ago. But in uh, 2023, I think we're, it's kind of a yawner. We're, we're, we're just so far past uh, that even being a real issue. But I, I guess I'm back to a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. How many different ways yeah. they can drag them into court, you know, is the, the soup of the day. And, I, you know, when it comes to uh, this kind of stuff, I don't think any of it sticks. That's well, you know, it's opinion. such a stretch, Tom. It, it, what they're trying to say is that that 130000 that he supposedly gave to Cohen, to Cohen give to her, uh, now he claims that was attorney's uh, fees that he was paying to Cohen. Well, whatever was the case, what the, what the, this uh, this uh, New York slicky is trying to claim is that that this is this is a campaign contribution because that money uh, was meant to keep. Uh, to keep their names out of the campaign so that technically it should be used as a campaign uh, donation. It's really susceptible. I mean, it's really suspicious the way they lay this all out. Anyway, we got to go to new uh, to Minnesota news break, folks. We'll come back and uh, wrap up our number two here shortly on Sound Off 610 KDAL. Oh, baby, rock the boat. I don't 
KDAL time is 12.53. This song went to number one in the summer of 1974, Rock the Boat. But I would be willing to bet that not any nobody can name the band. Or the group. The group. No, I can't name Or the corporation. The corporation. Okay. No, it's the Hughes Corporation. That's the name oh, of the Hughes Corporation. Yes, the Hughes okay. Corporation. That's the name of the trio. And again, this was a huge song for them. Uh, some say it really ushered in the uh, disco era and might have even been the number, the first number one disco song of the disco era. But the name, the Hughes Corporation, it's spelled H-U-E-S as in a color, the Hughes Corporation. Oh, the so Hugh? it was the color, not necessarily Hugh. the Hughes Aircraft Corporation. Well, but it was Hughes. it was a play on words of uh, the, of the Howard Hughes Corporation. Yeah, oh boy, okay. I'll tell you, yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard during the Minnesota news break there, but there was a discussion about this uh, the solar farm that they're uh, talking about building out in uh, southern, well, kind of southern southwestern Minnesota, I guess, out in Dodge County. Now the reason it has become a huge issue it's it's a 256 million dollar project but the problem is it would be located on prime farmland and you know how these solar farms work they take up huge huge amounts of area in fact this will be located this project if it if it goes in would be located on 1553 acres near the town of Byron and Casson and it would produce up to 200 megawatts of electricity, which on a sunny day would be equivalent to about a small uh, natural gas plant. Uh, in other words, it would produce a lot of energy. But 1,553 of some of the choicest, best farmland in Minnesota would never be able to farm or grow anything because these things take up so much space. The largest solar farm plant for the state in XL Energy before this was 460 megawatt project in Becker, Minnesota. Minnesota now, you know, how, guess how much of our energy we get from solar uh, solar power Don't tell from me. the sun? Don't tell me. I'm going to say very nope. little. I'm going to say under 20%. Yeah, you're way under. Five? We're talking, we're talking 3%. Really? Yeah. Okay. Three percent, and yet they want to give up all that land, and you know, basically, they'd never be able to grow anything on it because these solar panels would be there under the law. Byron Solar, which is the company, would be limited to a hundred acres of prime farmland, but sixty-nine percent of the Byron project, a thousand eighty-eight acres, would sit on prime farmland. In other words, the PUC document showed indeed about 91% of Dakota County soil is considered prime farmland. This project will take very productive farmland out of our township, said Neil Witzel. What is wrong with us? I don't know. So we want a little sun to produce a few uh, powers, yeah. but we, you know, we don't want to feed people. I guess you how, know because how, how's that solar working? It's kicking out a ton of juice, but we don't have any yeah. food. We're dying, and the grass yeah, we're is growing. Starvation, <gasps> but we can turn the lights on and see each other. We're gonna be eating no, grass. 
Literally. It just seems like we're uh, like we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know what I'm saying? It just uh, it really appears like this is a kind of a weird setup. Well, you know what's weird, Brad, is that progressives don't run the world. Leftists no. don't run the world. Democrats don't run the world. Republicans don't run the world. We've got to learn that we're all different, whether it's race or political uh, persuasion. Wow. And we can live amongst one another being Republican and Democrat. And it doesn't mean that the progressives and the Democrats, I'm sorry, the crazies, uh, will get their way when it comes to these policies. We all have to incorporate our own policies and live together in harmony. Oh, and we all got to um, eat. And we got to have stuff to eat. And it grows on good, fertile farmland. Oh, not in Minnesota. Anyway, we'll be back. We got an hour to go here on Sound Off, so don't go away. We'll be back shortly right here on 610 KDAL Radio with the last hour of Sound Off. By the way, do we have taps for anybody today? Well, we have taps, Brett. I don't have a name. Good. All right. Well, we'll get into that when we come back, hour number three, uh, coming up shortly here on 610 KDAL.